Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 746. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. They're free, including the postage and handling. I'm continuing on in the book of Luke. It's very important. This is the only book I haven't done in the New Testament yet or have taught. But uh, And uh, I haven't gone through the c- complete book of Revelation, but I've gone through a lot of it. But uh, right now... Uh, we have that. I've got music and possibly some letters. Right now, let's pray. Father, continue to anoint me with your Holy Spirit. Continue to speak through me. Uh, speak through me the true uh, interpretation, the one and only interpretation of your word. Don't let me be, Lord, uh, like uh, these theological seminaries where they have about 15, 14, 15, 20 different, uh, interpretations but let it be just your interpretation the one and only interpretation of the word of god that souls could be saved that they can be given direction into the kingdom of heaven on a one day at a time basis and that the church can come back to you with full strength power and zeal lord i ask it that the souls in the world that really are hungry and thirsting for what's right that they be filled, and that uh, those that are out in the world that have need of the Lord, you know the need of everyone out there, uh, fulfill their needs that are hungry and thirsting for you and are not liars and don't want to uh, just try to shuck you, uh, try to fool you, deceive you when it's impossible to deceive you. Lord God, I ask that you rebuke satan and that you open doors for us and close every door for him open up many doors for us in jesus name and i i pray and everyone says amen Amen. all right um here's another Stuart hamlin song that i recorded it's called teach me and this is you know there's an interpretation to this too teach me lord to wait we're supposed to be instant in season and out of season But we need to know that the things that we're saying are your spirit. And therefore, we do have to wait uh, to learn the word so much that we know when you're teaching us uh, to say something or when you're teaching us to be quiet. Here it is, Stuart Hammond's, another one of his songs. As I said before, he wrote This Old House and maybe three, four, five hundred other songs, maybe even more than that. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Lord, to wait down on my knees Till in your own good time You will answer my plea Teach me not to rely On what others do But to wait in prayer For an answer from you that wait upon the Lord Shall renew their strength They shall mount up with wings As eagles They shall run and not be weary They shall walk and not faint Teach me, Lord 
Teach me, Lord, to wait. Teach me, Lord, to wait. While hearts are aflame, let me humble my pride and call on Your name. Keep my faith renewed and my eyes on Thee. Let me be on this earth. What you want me to be? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. Oh, teach me, Lord, to wait. Praise the Lord. Okay, uh, we're in chapter 18 of the book of Luke, and this is uh, verse 29. Uh, you know, Peter was telling... Uh, Jesus said they, he had forsaken everything. All the disciples had forsaken everything uh, to be with him. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake. Verse 30, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. Well, let's see, we get manifold more what? Let's say we get manifold more houses. Well, we just had donated a few, about a month or two ago, eight houses in Detroit and one in uh, Pittsburgh, and, uh, you know, uh, I've got so many houses, I don't know which one to live in. There's no man that has left house or parents or brethren. Parents, I have more parents now, more houses now, more brethren now, no brothers more now, more wives now. Oh, I don't, oh, that would be polygamy, wouldn't it? Or more children now for me to take uh, care of, or, because I have, I don't know how many children are in our work. I just in Fort Smith, uh, Falk, and in um, New Jersey, and Los Angeles. There's children. We've got a lot of children. For, uh, there's none that have uh, given up more for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time. More what? Um, more houses, more parents, more brethren, more wives, more children, for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come, life everlasting. Does it say more homosexuals or more lesbians? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to receive them. They have to repent before I receive them into my church. 
They can come after they repent. That's it. Verse 31. Then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man, in other words, me, Jesus said, shall be accomplished. Verse 32. For he, Jesus, shall be delivered unto the Gentiles. I'm going up to purpose to be delivered to the Gentiles. I'm going up on purpose to be get delivered up unto the Gentiles. Well, why would you want to do a thing like that? Because it's written that I have to die. And if I do, and when I do, uh, the whole world will have an opportunity to be saved. Everyone's lost going to hell on their way. And now I'm going up there to sacrifice myself so that everyone can have an opportunity to choose the ways of the Lord and be saved and uh, not go to hell in the lake of fire. And she'll be mocked. I'm going to be mocked and uh, spitefully entreated and spit it on. Verse 33. And they shall scourge me and put me to death. And the third day I shall rise again. Hallelujah. Now, he was sure of this before he ever went to Jerusalem. Amen? Amen. He's telling everybody the story. Verse 34, and the, the, the events that are soon to happen. Verse 34, and they understood none of these things, and this saying was hidden from them. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. Verse 35, and it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. Verse 36, and he hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. What is all this multitude of people coming? Oh, my God, what a noise. It was like... uh, Downtown New York City these days. Verse 37. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passes by. But there's always a crowd around him. Verse 38. And he cried saying, he knew who Jesus was. He cried saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 39. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and uh, commanded him to be brought unto him. Well, what is this? Uh, Why does he keep crying? They tried to stop him from crying out to Jesus. When you're crying out to Jesus, what's happening is you're praying. And you're not going to let the crowd stop you from praying to Jesus. You've got a purpose for having an encounter with him. Lord, have mercy on me. Shut up, they say. Lord, have mercy on me. Don't let any devil uh, 
or noise or anything like that prevent you from continuing in prayer because Jesus didn't hear him the first time, or at least it looks that way. But all of a sudden, he knew he could hear the man calling unto him in prayer, praying to him. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. Okay, come unto me. And when he was come near, he asked him, verse 41, saying, Jesus asked him, saying, what? What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And for verse 42, and Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. Well, he gave him the better thing. He saved his soul for calling on him because this man knew it wasn't any good to call on anybody else in the world because only Jesus, and if Jesus be in you, then you have his power in you to say to people the same thing if you really believe the Lord. And you can just say, in the name of Jesus, because of your faith, you're saved and you have received your sight. Thy faith has saved your soul. Verse 43. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. He followed him with the other disciples, glorifying God and all the people when they saw it, give praise unto God. Chapter 19. And Jesus entered and passed uh, through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. He was the first uh, sinner and the chief of sinners and the publicans, and he was rich, very rich. Verse 3, and he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press uh, see him because he was a little of a stature, just a little guy. Verse 4, and he ran before and climbed up uh, a tree, a sycamine tree, or sycamore, whatever you please, to see him, for he was to pass that way, and he knew it. Verse 5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, Make haste, hurry up and come down, for today I must abide at your house. Verse 6, And he made haste, he, he hurried and came down, and received him, Jesus, joyfully. Verse 7, And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he was gone. 
to be guests with a man that is a sinner. Verse 8, And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, uh, the half of my goods I gave to the poor. Oh, that's pretty good, giving up half of everything he owned. And if I have taken anything from any man, by false accusation, I restored him fourfold. I gave him four times more than I took from him. Verse 9. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as the he also is a son of Abraham. Verse 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And Zacchaeus was lost. Verse 11. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable, because he was nigh to Jerusalem, and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Verse 12, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Verse 13, and he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. I'm going to be leaving pretty soon, and what I'm trying to tell you folks here, you uh, disciples, that I'm leaving, and I'm giving you these gifts. Uh, whatever you received from me that I preached, you have it. You have talent. If you have by faith have received everything I said, then you've got a lot of talents. You can do a lot of things. So I want you to occupy this earth till I come back. Verse 14, but his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. Verse 15, and it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained uh, by trading while he was away. Verse 16. Then came the first saying, Lord, I'm proud, you know. I'm, I, uh, I gained a lot, and I want to show it to you. So he came saying, Lord, Thy pound hath gained ten pounds. I have multiplied what you gave me ten times. I won uh, ten times the amount of souls uh, that I thought uh, that I was supposed to win. Verse 17, And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou Authority over ten cities. 
Because you did my work. You weren't like the lazy ones that watched the pastor do all the work. You were out there doing what I told you to do. You're not a phony. So you rule well with the things that I've given you. And so I give you ten cities. Ten whole cities. What if they were New York, Los Angeles, Houston, Chicago, um, Seattle, Spokane, Billings, Montana, Helena, Montana, Washington, D.C., and um, maybe uh, Dallas. That would be good if they had authority over those many cities. Or maybe make you the governor. Verse 18. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. Verse 19. And he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. Verse 20. And another came, saying, Lord, Behold, here is thy pound, which I have uh, kept laid up in a napkin. Verse 21, for I feared thee, because thou art an austere man, thou takest up that which thou layest not down, and reapeth that thou didst not sow. Verse 22, that really bugged the Lord, made him really uptight. Because the Lord doesn't want to come back and find you just the way you were or worse. This one was worse. He gave him something, but now he's going to take it away from him. Because he didn't multiply it. Verse 22, and he saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee. Thou wicked servant, thou knowest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Verse 23, Wherefore then givest not thou, why did you not give uh, my money uh, to the bank? that at my coming I might have required my own with usury, because I could have got interest from the bank. You're a wicked person. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. Evil person. Verse 24, and he said unto them that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to him that has ten pounds. He'll know what to do with it. Verse 25, And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. <laughs> well, yeah, because he uh, is a resourceful person, a very resourceful, and therefore give it to him. Verse 26, For I say, they think, you know, a lot of people think that's not fair. The Lord is fair. He's not stupid. He's not going to give it to some deadbeat that doesn't do anything with it. Verse 26, For I say unto you, that unto every one which has shall be given even more than what they have. 
and from him that hath nothing, hath not anything, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. Verse 27, But those mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. I told this joker that I gave one pound to, I told him that I'm reigning over you now, I want you to multiply it, you didn't do it, so you have not allowed me to reign over you. You're unfaithful, you're wicked. Verse 28, And when he had thus spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. Verse 29, And it came to pass, when he was come nigh to Beth. Uh, and Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, verse 30, Go into the village over against you, in the which at your entering ye shall find a colt tied uh, whereon yet uh, never man has sat on this colt. Loose him and bring him to me. Bring him healer. Verse 31. And if any man ask you why do you loose him, thus shall you say unto uh, him. Because the Lord has need of him is what you're supposed to tell him. Verse 32, And they that were sent went their way and found even as Jesus had said unto them. Verse 33, And as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the colt? Verse 34, And they said, The Lord hath need of him. They didn't make up other words like their words were better than the Lord's. They just said what the Lord told them to say. There's a lot of smart alecks that think that they're supposed to change the words that those that have the rule over them say, and their words are vacant. There's no power in them. Verse 35, And um, they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. Verse 36. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. Verse 37. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Verse 38 saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Verse 39. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, 
Rebuke thy disciples. Verse 40. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should uh, hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Verse 41. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. Verse 42, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which I belong unto thy peace. Uh, if you would have known the things that belong to you, you would have uh, maybe done something about it. It would have brought peace between you and God. But now... They are hid from thine eyes. Your spirit cannot see them because you're not spiritual. Verse 43. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, encompass thee, Jerusalem, round and keep thee in on every side. Verse 44. And shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee. All your children will be destroyed along with the city. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. This was fulfilled when Titus came in 50 A.D. and destroyed the city and wrecked Jerusalem. Because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation, you didn't know that God Almighty was there on earth in the flesh. You had not even the slightest idea because you weren't seeking me. And so therefore you missed out on the whole thing. Verse 45. And he went into the temple and began to cast out them uh, that sold therein and them that brought. You can't, you're not supposed to use the church uh, for the purpose of buying and selling things. So the Lord fashioned a whip and beat them out of there. Verse 46, saying unto them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves. Verse 47. And he taught daily in the temple. But the chief priest and the scribes and the chief of the people sought to destroy him. Verse, what for? Hmm? Why are they trying to destroy the work of the Lord on the earth today? Well, because they're afraid, they're jealous, they're, they're deceitful, they're evil, they're wicked. Verse 48, they're God's haters. They're on their way to hell. Uh, they cannot be saved because they don't want to be saved. Verse, verse 48, and could not find what they uh, might do. For all the people were very attentive to hear him. Okay, now we're at chapter 20. And it came to pass 
that on one of those days, as he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel, the chief priests and the scribes came upon him with the elders, verse 2, and spake unto him, saying, uh, Tell us, by what authority doest thou the, these things? The things that you're doing, casting out devils, healing people, preaching the gospel to them, beating people out of the temple like you did. Or who is he that gave thee this authority? We, uh, the secular rulers, didn't give it to you. So who do you think you are coming into our town here? We're the charge of the town. Uh, no, you're not really. God is. Because Jesus says, you know, I'm in this, <laughs> I'm filled with the Spirit, and I'm where I'm supposed to be, and I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. Verse 3. And he answered and said unto them, I will also ask you one thing, and answer me. Verse 4. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or of men? Well, if they say of men, you know, if they say uh, from heaven, then they'll say, why didn't you believe him then? Or would you people be, have the audacity to say that the baptism, that John was baptizing people of repentance, that it's of the devil, of you, uh, you men? What a question. You really got him there. The baptism of John, was it from heaven, the instruction of it, or of men? Verse 5. And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? It actually says, Why then believest thou uh, ye him not. Why didn't you believe him then? Verse 6. But, and if we say of men, all the people will stone us <laughs> because they knew that John's baptism was of heaven because the spirit was heavy there. For they uh, be um, persuaded that John was a prophet. They, the people were persuaded of that. They knew Verse 7, and they answered that they could not tell whence it was. Verse 8, and Jesus said unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. Verse 9, then began he to speak to uh, the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard and led it forth to husbandmen, in other words, farmers, and went into a far country. He's talked about the kingdom of heaven for a long time before he comes back. Verse 10, and at the season, the proper time, the time of the Lord, he sent a servant, like people like myself or other preachers or teachers, to the farmers that they should give him of the fruit of the vineyard. But the husbandmen, the farmers, 
beat him and sent him away empty. Mama Sita, Mama Sota, why do you do that? I just let you take care of it while I'm gone. Verse 11. And again, the Lord sent another serpent. And they beat him also and entreated him shamefully and sent him away empty. Verse 12. And again, he sent a third and they wounded him also and cast him out. Verse 13. Then said the, uh, the Lord of the vineyard, What shall I do? I will send my son, my beloved son. It may be that they will uh, revere him or reverence him when they see him. Verse 14, but when the husbandmen saw him, they reasoned among themselves, saying, this is the heir. I mean, if um, he he's going to take all this over with, if uh, we don't stop him. This is the heir. Come, let us murder him, that the inheritance may be ours. Verse 15, so they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him, murdered him. What therefore shall the Lord of the vineyard do unto them? Verse 16, he shall come and destroy these husbandmen, these farmers, and shall give the vineyard to others. And when they heard it, they said, God forbid. Verse 17. And he beheld them and said, What is uh, this then that is written? The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. Verse 18. Whosoever shall fall upon that stone, which is Christ, shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. So you don't do what I say. If you do what I say, well then, uh, and you fall upon me, that's fine. You'll be saved. But if I fall upon you, you're going to be ground to powder. Verse 19. And the chief priests and the scribes, the same hour, sought to lay hands on him. And they feared the people, for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them. Verse 20. And they watched him and sent uh, forth spies which should feign themselves, just men, that they might take hold of his words, that so they might deliver him unto the power and authority of the governor. Verse 21. And they asked him, saying, Master, we know that thou sayest uh, and teachest rightly 
neither accepting thou the person of any. In other words, you're no respecter of persons, but teaches the way of God truly. Verse 22, is it lawful for us to give tribute to Caesar or not? Are we supposed to give taxes to Caesar or no? Verse 23, but he perceived their craftiness and said unto them, Why do you tempt me? Verse 24, show me a penny. Whose image and superscription hath it is on there? Whose picture is on this coin? They answered and said, Caesar's. And says uh, image on there. Verse 25. And he said unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar that the things which be Caesar's, and unto God the things which are God's, or which be God's. So they couldn't take hold of it because the Bible says that everything belongs to God. Render unto Caesar, therefore unto Caesar, the things which be Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. Well, the things that are God is all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, everything you got. So what does that leave for Caesar? Zero. Amen? Amen. Zilch. Verse 26. Boy, uh, some people just don't have the nerve to say things like this. Verse 26. Because, but because they, they're afraid to say the words that Jesus said, God Almighty here on earth, and they are afraid of people more than him. When he says that if you don't do it, he says he's going to cast your, kill you and cast your soul into hell. And these people, all they can do is kill you. But they cannot send your soul to hell. Verse 26. And they could not take hold of his words before the people. And they marveled at his answer, his wisdom and knowledge, and held their peace. Verse 27. Then came to him certain uh, of the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, which deny that there is any resurrection whatsoever. And they asked him, saying, verse 28, Master, uh, Moses wrote, Unto us, if any man's brother die having a wife, and he die without children, that his brother should take his wife and raise up a seed unto his brother. Well, this is another proof that polygamy is of the Lord, because most of these people are all married. And if uh, the brother dies, well, then the brother's wife has to come to your house, even though you have a wife or many wives. And you're supposed to raise up seed unto his brother. In other words, you're to have sexual relationships with your brother's wife. I don't like this. Well, this is the Leverett Law, folks. And, uh, you know, whether you think God is right or wrong, if you think he's wrong, you're going to face him one of these days, and you'll find out. Verse 29. There were therefore uh, seven brothers... And the first took a wife and died without children. Verse 30, and the second took her to wife, and he died childless. 
and verse 31, and the third took her, and in like manner the seven also, and they left no children, and died. Verse 32, last of all the woman died also. Verse 33, therefore in the resurrection, whose wife of them is she? For seven had her to wife. And Jesus didn't rebuke him for uh, taking the woman into your house, even though you're married. Maybe have one wife, maybe ten or twenty wives. Oh, that's wrong, huh? No, it's not. Not according to God. God said one thing, you say another. God says one thing, Satan says another. You have to believe God to get to heaven, not Satan. Verse 34, And Jesus answering said unto them, He didn't rebuke, saying, uh, you know, uh, about the leveret law, taking a woman into the house to have a child with your brother's wife. But what he did say is, The children of this world marry and are given in marriage. That's not a big deal. You know, I uh, commanded people to marry and have children. And I also commanded if the brother die and has a wife, and you have one too, that she's to come over so that you impregnate her and have a child. Because women are not goddesses, folks. Eve is the one that sinned and caused all of us to have to go to hell. And so the Lord puts her down by saying, it's all right. If I say for a man to have more than one wife, that's fine. As a matter of fact, the Leverett Law says that uh, she has to come and uh, be given uh, in marriage to uh, the one that is the brother of her husband. So he just always said was the children of this world, uh, they get married and they are given in marriage. They have children here. But there's no children uh, born in heaven. What's there is going to be there. There's, now God's not going to take a chance to have more children up there and have them do what they did down here because he's not going to come and die again. Verse 35, but they which shall be uh, accounted worthy to obtain the kingdom of heaven or that world and the resurrection from the dead are neither married nor are given in marriage. Another thing, too, is when we go to heaven, we're not going to have any uncomely parts. We're not going to have any reproductive organs because there's no need for them in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, we can't reproduce there. That's why when these people come on with this false doctrine that angels came down from heaven and they had sex with uh, the daughters of men, that that's how giants came. Angels from heaven don't have reproductive organs. They never ever had sex with any females. All right, so you can put that one away. Right here, Jesus says, neither can they die anymore. If you once you're in heaven, you're there forever. For they are equal unto the angels and are the child children of God. So they're even more than the angels because... Uh, they're children of God. They're the sons and daughters of God, being the children of the resurrection. Verse 37, now that the dead are raised, even Moses showed at that, uh, at that bush, at the bush. 
I have to change the page again. When he called the Lord, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Verse 38. For he is not a God of the dead, but of the living, for all live unto him. All live unto the Lord. Okay, there's no marriage up there. And he's saying, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Yeah, they're alive. They're in heaven. For he's not a God of the dead. God is not a God of the dead. And that's why you uh, Sadducees who believe not in uh, the resurrection, why is it that you're asking me about things that are uh, will happen after the resurrection. You're not supposed to. You don't believe that. You don't believe in all this. Okay, well, it's time for letters now. And we have some, I reckon. Uh, where's the first letter from? Fort Smith, Arkansas. All right. Let me hear it. Sir, I've been going through a very dry spell. I've been listening to the tapes, reading the Bible, policing myself to stay away from lust and sin. While on watch the night before last, I realized that although I had been praying, I had not been contending in strong, persistent prayer. Once I realized that, I made the decision right there and then to become a prayer warrior, to really contend for the faith. That night I had a dream. In the dream, I walked into my boy's bedroom. When I did, I heard the pastor praying, as if it was coming from the room below my boy's room. The praying was out loud and fervent, powerful, in a steady stream, alternating from praying in understanding to praying in tongues, and back and forth. Anyone who was in that room could have heard these prayers. As I looked down at my two boys, I saw that they were still occupying themselves with their games or toys. At that point, I said, boys, come on, stop what you're doing. Can't you hear the pastor praying? We've got to pray with him. We started praying with the pastor, and that is where the dream ended. Since then, I've been contending in prayer. I told my boys the dream, and they went into the prayer room with me and really started contending. I thank God that he shed this light on us and for the valiant and courageous prayer warrior that has been placed over us. Don Wolf from Fort Smith, Arkansas. Isn't this wonderful that uh, a man will take his children in to pray instead of finance them to go to pornography, uh, pornographic movies or to uh, give them money to go out on dates and things like this. You know, it's not biblical to have dates because people pet and then they get into other things that are not nice or that would send their sons and daughters to hell. So uh, it's really nice to hear of men today that are taking their children into the prayer room And God has shown him a very good uh, vision. All right, it's time to pray. I'm going to take uh, this message up on the next uh, CD or audio tape. Um, In order for you to have the Spirit of God in you enough to ask your children to come and pray and to come and serve the Lord, they're not going to do that until they see you doing the things of the Lord. And you're not going to be able to do that unless the Spirit of God is in you. If you're worried about where your sons and daughters are going to spend eternity and your loved ones, your wife, 
Oh, well, then get saved. Get the power of God in you so that you can be a powerhouse in front of them and be uh, admired rather than rejected and hated. Say this prayer. Say to the Lord, My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul. I know because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I now know that I am saved. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord. And Sharon, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 746. It's free of charge, including postage and handling. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Go to alamoministries.com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas 75505 or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370. Or fax to area code 479-782-7406. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo saying tune in again tomorrow for another precise, concise instruction on how to enter the kingdom of heaven without any shadow of doubt. As straight as the way narrows the gate that leads to eternal life and few that enter therein. So make sure that you do that. You've got to resist Satan. You've got to fight. You've got to continue marching in the Christian realm with the soldiers of the Lord. And here I am to sing for you, Onward, Christian Soldiers. National attention has been focused on banner headlines proclaiming Christians are being kidnapped, tortured, committed to mental institutions, accused of brainwashing and mind control. Arise, Christian America. The King is coming. Hold fast. The day of the Lord is here. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. With the cross of Jesus going on before Christ the royal master leads against the
chair.